The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. All right, Jadavian Clowney. Played last year with the Tennessee Titans. First overall pick in the 2013 draft. Was it 2013 or 2014? They're all blended together. It was 2013. Number one overall pick of the Houston Texans. Second visit coming, potentially, with the Cleveland Browns. You know, last year he didn't sign until just before the start of the season. The pandemic had a lot to do with it. This year you can actually go on a visit. You can have a physical. You can be properly examined and evaluated by teams before they make a decision and uh hey the browns trying to upgrade their pass rush obviously they have a need across from miles garrett olivier vernon gone they picked up tack mckinley in free agency that doesn't solve the problem and the idea of a healthy Jadavian Clowney, that's what's so yeah alluring right. about Clowney. when you see what he does when he's healthy the f the play up capacity the problem is he doesn't stay healthy long enough to give you the payoff consistently, Chris. No. I mean, he's a really risky signing, you know, as far as what you're going to pay the player, let alone like you're, like you're talking about, the injury history. It's real. I mean, it, it's always something. You know, we know he's got a knee issue, but it's been a bu- bunch of other issues throughout that, you know, and it's a guy who plays a really physical, psycho brand of football which makes him so much fun to watch. And when he's healthy, he is an F the play up, dominate the game in so many different ways. And, you know, it makes sense from Cleveland. You know, again, we talk about this a lot, right? They're they're running that Seattle scheme. Joe Woods came from the 49ers. They want a front four and they don't want to blitz. They want to rush four and drop seven and play their Seattle scheme zones and do all that and match zones and pass people off that way. So it's really, really important position for the success of their football team, let alone they've seen Clowney in Seattle in that scheme and what he can do and, 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 and adjust and fit to that. So makes a lot of sense from their standpoint. But, yeah, the price, it's, it's got to be in the sweet spot or, or make sense for the Browns because Clowney is a, a, a risky investment. I wonder what the play is here. Is it try to sign him before the draft so that they don't have to address that need, or is it – have an idea of what he's looking for so you can move quickly to get him if you don't address your needs in the draft. I'd be I'd be hesitant to lock into Clowney ahead of time because you never know who's going to fall to you. When you're that far down on the board, you don't know who's going to be there. No. What if you sign him and then the guy that you would have ranked as your top available pass rusher, the way the dominoes fall, hey, there he is. Yeah. Oh, well, we have Jadavian Clowney. No, well, I mean, listen, I, I, I hear you, what you're saying there. You know, I do think that, like, the pass rushers that will be available there at the end of the first, you know, I would think really the cream of the crop ones are gone as far as those first round picks, Mike. So that, that to me, I, I, and I think your question is like spot on to me, that was the same question I was asking myself too. 
you know, I, I think they're doing it to get, wait, let's get Clowney. We got Takaris McKinley, like you talked about. We'll get some other guys in there. And now we're good in that department as far as looking for another edge pass rusher. Yeah, now we can look for one maybe in the second or third round or somewhere later in the draft and not have to worry about it in the first round because I don't know. I don't think they're guaranteed at pick 26 to have a legit pass rusher available, Mike. You know, you've heard me talk about Jalen Phillips, the quitty pay from from Michigan, and then the the away kid from Penn State. Those three are, I think, in a class of their own as far as guys that come off the edge. And then it's like I'm not sure if there's going to be another guy that goes in the first round. You know, that that comes off the edge that way. So that's probably where they're thinking Clowney now, and then in that end of that first round. They can maybe go linebacker or, you know, something in the secondary to help out their team that way. To me, that's where it is. Offense, they're really good, Mike. I mean, you look at the Browns and you go, what do they need? They need nothing. They're great. Perfect. It's all about the defense and just filling in a few spots there. And let's then move to the Browns as we look at the AFC North draft needs. The Browns can't leave draft weekend without addressing what? And before we answer that, you mentioned 26th overall pick. They also have an extra pick in the third and an extra pick in the fourth, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I think the one that would jump out to me more than anything, and we've hit the two, you know, the two positions I think that they need the most, pass rusher, and to me the next one is middle linebacker. You know, again, this is this. I hate to say this and keep repeating this, but it's the Seattle scheme. There's a formula that's expected within this type of with this defense. You need a legit, like, fly around linebacker. They need their Bobby Wagner, their Fred Warner, their Miles Jack, their Deion Jones. You know, uh, their their uh, the guy in Dallas from Notre Dame, the middle linebacker. I'm blanking on his name. But these Jalen are, Smith. Yeah, yeah, right. Jalen Smith. They're Darius Leonard from the Indianapolis Colts. It's all the same defensive scheme. It's all. They're all doing it. And that, that to me, is where that's what the Browns need is that guy. They need a speed linebacker. And there should be one there, you know, at the end of the first first round. It'd be, be interesting to see who's available. But I think that's the position I'll probably say they need more than anything coming away from the draft in those first few rounds. To answer the question yeah. strictly and literally, the okay. Browns can't leave draft weekend without addressing blank running back because of Nick Chubb. They've yet to sign him to a new contract. They've got Kareem Hunt under contract. If they get lucky and throw a dart and get a guy who can come in and be Nick Chubb post Nick Chubb, you don't have to pay Nick Chubb 13, 14, 15 million a year to keep him around for 2022 if you choose to go that route. It's a tough move for a team to make, and we see most of these teams who cultivate great running backs find a way to extend the relationship and pay the guy a lot of money. The Browns, very heavy on the analytics of any team out there that would be willing to say to a star running back, see you later, and sorry fans, if you bought the guy's jersey, you should have known not to buy running back jerseys for Cleveland Browns players if we're going to go heavy on the analytics because we're going to find a guy dollar for dollar far more effective than Nick Chubb. One way to do that, Chris, use one of those third-round or fourth-round picks on the best available running back. That's where you can find some great running backs who can develop into among the best in the NFL. No no doubt. That would be nice. That that certainly would be. I mean, yes, to to not have to worry about, you know, signing that big contract or have that next that running back have to do that. I get you. Um either way, they got Chubb what that was Chubb's third year, right? Last year. So this is his contract this year. This is the contract year. This is the year either way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you make a solid point. There's no doubt about it. He's special. He really is. He's one of the five best running backs in football. And I think really, realistically, it's the best duo in football, right? At the running back position, is there a better duo? Yes. Your one in Minnesota is pretty damn good, but this is this is right there at the top, I think. But they bought Kareem Hunt so low yeah. as a result of the things that happened when he was on the Chiefs. They have him locked up to a very, very favorable deal. I'm just telling you, I don't think the Browns are going to flinch the way that we've seen Vikings, Titans, Panthers, Saints flinch 
just to keep around a guy who's regarded as a great running back because that next great running back is always coming. And the reality is, what is the shelf life? What, what's, what's the real shelf life for a running back? What is it? Right? Derrick Henry with 2,000 rushing yards this year, now entering year number six. How many more years can Derrick Henry do it? How yeah. long does any running back consistently play at a high level like no that? Adrian Peterson is the only one we've seen in the last 20 years to do it. No, I mean, you know, Frank Gore. And Frank Gore. Frank Gore and future right. Hall of Frame of Frank Gore. Right. Don't want don't <laughs> to overlook him. Yeah. But, like, even that, though, I mean, you know, Adrian Peterson's really good. There's there's no – I mean, he's a superstar. Frank Gore's superstar, yes. But, I mean, like you're talking about, that's two guys in 20 years. You know, Derrick Henry, he's kind of a freak show himself, too. You know, he's different. So, he might be able to last a little bit longer. But we're seeing with other guys that, that that's not the case. It's definitely not. And, I don't know, they're in Cleveland – you know, as far as like a, a team that seems to be heavy on the analytics and things like that, I, I think, you know, Mike, you make a valid point. There's no doubt about that. Listen, drafting running backs this day and age now, and even like I have to do my running back rankings on my podcast today. We're going to break this down. One of the thoughts I went into, or you have to erase out of your brain, is like, screw long term. That thought doesn't exist. Like, don't evaluate running backs coming out in the draft to be like, well, I think this guy could last six or seven years. No, no. I'm looking at a running back going, is it, how awesome is he going to be for three or four years? And then I'm thinking I got to get a new one. That's all there is to it. I can't, you, can't, you can't expect anything else out of that position with how violent it is. So uh, it's a good point by you. It's a good conversation altogether. Some great running backs who had solid seasons and then not DeMarco Murray, right. Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell, Arian Foster. Um, you know, there are plenty of guys out there that burn bright and then that's it. And it's hard to maintain a it for an extended them. period of time. And so the question becomes, what do the, what do the Browns do? And I just think that before you, 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 above all else, even if you're thinking about keeping Nick Chubb, you need to have another guy ready to go as your leverage when you're trying to get Nick Chubb to take a deal that doesn't set a new bar, that doesn't tie your hands from a salary cap standpoint at a position where you know you can find somebody younger and cheaper. And if it turns out the guy's a home run hitter who is going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL, then maybe you can say to Nick Chubb, thanks for four years. We're going in a different direction. All right, we'll go in a different direction to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have the 24th overall pick. They have plenty of needs, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Chris. What can they not leave draft weekend without. Well, that's offensive alignment. This is an easy one for Pittsburgh. I mean, it, it really is. You know, of course, we know their defense is in a pretty good spot. Wide receivers in a good spot. You know, they're another team that, you know, yeah, yeah, running back. We can certainly – they need that. There's no doubt. But I think offensive line is more than – you know, is the one thing that just you just go, wow. They need to get younger. They need upgrade. I think it's the reason you saw Mike Tomlin in Notre Dame a few weeks ago for that pro day because he's sitting there looking at Liam Eikenberg and going, wait, I need an NFL ready right now can play type NFL offense alignment. And Notre Dame's got two of those this year. So I don't know if it's going to be somebody in the first round. I think there could be some guys there, certainly, at all at all positions. You you could have, you know, top-notch center, guard, and tackle there available, you know, at pick number 24 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think that's really the big thing. And yeah, you can't take an offensive lineman that you feel like as a project or anything like that. You know, as we've talked about here the whole offseason, they're they're in it right now to win it with Big Ben. So they need an offensive lineman that they can plug and play and is NFL ready, not a project that they think will be really great in two or three years from now. Yeah, Marquise Pouncey gone. David DeCastro's future, who knows? Alejandro Villanueva still unsigned. I guess he potentially could come back yeah. and rejoin that Steelers offensive line, but they need linemen. I've said all along they need a Franco Harris style of an impact at running back, a guy who comes in as a rookie and really plays at a high level and is durable. That's been the issue with James Conner. Also remains unsigned after roughly a full month of free agency where do you think they'd look for a running back is this a high round pick Le'Veon Bell was a second rounder uh James Conner was a third rounder or is this a maybe we get lucky with a guy late in the draft who we can quickly develop but they they, they don't you know 
they, they, they usually, when they go late round running back, they usually make that guy wait a few years and work his way up. But yeah. look where they are from a rushing standpoint, Chris. Last year, 32nd in the NFL. You could argue they need to use a couple of picks on running backs this year and hope that one of those guys hits. But they've got nothing, you know, out of the position in the last few years. That's for sure. End of the second round. I think there could be some good ones on the board, certainly, that could help their football team. There's no doubt. Yeah. You know, uh, but I don't think you're going to see – I would be shocked if you see a running back go in the first round, really. So I would think at some point after or right around pick 40, you start to see the top running backs in the draft go, and, and that could certainly make them in, in the running for one of those three, four, five best running backs in the draft, definitely. But, I'm, I mean, Mike, I'm with you. They, they need something there. We've talked about the Steelers, the attitude, playing the right way for the rest of your football team. You're a defensive football team. So, of course, running the ball and controlling the clock would make sense, and especially with an older quarterback and everything like that. So, I mean, here we are. We're talking about O-line, running back, those type of things. I think it is by far the two big biggest positional needs. You know, corner is another one you could maybe look at on their football team to go they could use that as well. But I think the two we've hit on on the offensive side of the ball are imperative, like if the Steelers really want to be in the conversation for winning the AFC North this year. Gut feeling. Do the Steelers take a quarterback this year whoever plays meaningful snaps for the team? And not just injury Mason Rudolph snaps. I'm talking about he's the guy. Does that happen this year? No, I don't think it will. I don't. I think I think they're going to be, one, I think there's, for whatever reason, I still think there's belief maybe in Mason Rudolph could be that guy. I do. And then two, I don't think they're going to be a team that's going to panic right right quite yet and just take a quarterback to take a quarterback. I think they're going to ride this out with Big Ben one more year and see where it goes and, you know, and then try to reevaluate when he does retire. Yeah, and I think he will be done after this year. And look, they waited 20 years between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger. Hopefully for their sake and for the sake of Steelers fans, they won't wait 20 more years to go out and get a guaranteed franchise quarterback. But I agree with you. I think that's something that they address next year. This year is about loading the cannon. They've convinced themselves. We talked about this when they decided to keep Big Ben. They had enough time and space from the end of the 2020 season to say, here's what went wrong. Here's what we need to do. Right. We can do it. Let's go do it. Let's go all in. Let's try. And they're, they're, hey, they, they, this is one of the teams that when they say they want to win the Super Bowl this year, they mean it because they've done what they had to do to keep the band together, including bringing back Juju Smith-Schuster on a very reasonable one-year deal. They just they have other areas that they've got to address with guys who can come in and play right away. This is not the year to waste picks on a quarterback who's going to be a developmental type of a player. Chris. No, I don't think so either. That That's right. And, you know, again, Mason Rudolph we talked about, they got Dwayne Haskins to be that developmental type player right now, right? He's filling that void. They're going to have him. Let's see. Let's see what he looks like. Maybe we can groom him into something. There is talent there. There's a reason he was the top 20 pick. So I think that's what they've done with that little void on their football team, or at least, you know, let's just see what we got. Maybe they get a diamond in the rough. But I think more than not, we're, we're spot on with the Steelers, and uh, we've hit the two positions they really need to, to address. And just on Haskins, yeah. when he flamed out in Washington, there was this narrative that, oh, they really blew it. They screwed it up. They never should take him. He still would have been a first-round pick. If Washington didn't take him, the Steelers got a first round quarterback from two years ago for nothing and they get a chance to evaluate him. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, on to the next one. Yeah. It's not like they gave up a lot to get him. So, yeah, maybe maybe for as bad as it was for him in Washington, he lands in Pittsburgh, he gets groomed. He, he learns. He sees what Roethlisberger does. He straightens out some things. He's still really young. You know, we expect these That's guys right. right out of college to act like they're 35 years old. No, it takes some time to mature. The brain is still fully developing. It's not fully developed until you're 25. They may – this is a minimal risk, potential maximum reward for the Steelers if it works out with Dwayne Haskins. All right, Baltimore Ravens, 27th overall pick. In the draft, they can't leave draft weekend without what, Chris? Well, the Baltimore Ravens are kind of like in a really good spot as a football team altogether. It's it's like it's hard to look at one spot and just really go, 
oh man, they're desperate right there. I mean, to me, I think the one that just jumps out to me more than any will be the safety position. I think that's probably where I look at like the Baltimore Ravens and go, wait, with those corners, okay, offensive line, it's pretty good in that position. You know, defensive line, you know, edge guy is certainly another guy that's in that conversation. Um, but I guess I would say safety as we sit here right now. It's safety or edge. It's one of those two. I'm hemming and hawing as I'm going through this. But I think it's certainly something on that defensive side of the ball uh, that I look at. And, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say safety more than anything right now uh, because they can find ways to be creative with their front and do things like that and get after the quarterback that way too. Big shoes to fill. Top 10 safety Earl Thomas no longer with the team. Not there anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, they they got to they gotta get pass rushers. Yeah. Matthew Judon, gone. Yannick Ngakwe. They, they give up a third-round pick for Ngakwe. Shocking. You know, you've got... You, you've got two teams, two teams that pissed away, pardon me, London, significant draft picks for for Yannick Ngakwe last year. Vikings gave up a second rounder and then flipped him in the bad way for a third rounder from the Ravens when they realized we're not really contending, even though they ultimately did sort of contend. And the Ravens gave up a third rounder for Yannick Ngakwe, who signed as a free agent with the Las Vegas Raiders, so they better do something there. They had two pass rushers walk out the door in free agency, Chris. No, I mean, Mike, it's really the number one positional need. Where I'm, I'm, I guess where I'm, I'm wrong or, or not saying that because I just don't know if there's going to be that legit edge pass rusher there, like we talked about, you know, at the end of the first round. So it, that's probably their biggest need on their football team, and that's where I'll, I'll stand corrected. I just don't know if they can get one in the first round that way to be that guy. You know, there's there's the kid Olujari, who's a really good like three four outside linebacker type of guy from from Georgia, who's a really good football player, Mike. But I don't know if he's necessarily like a big time pass rusher, right? I think he's like a really good outside linebacker, edge type guy, almost stand up linebacker. So that's where I guess I got in a little bit of a conundrum there as far as just like what's going to be available for them to address top-tier pass rusher type guy. Good players going to be there available certainly for edge pass rushers. Not sure superstars will be there that way either. So, you know, interesting. But I, I look at them and go, I don't know, offensively, Mike, I don't think there's anything we look at that they need. You know, wide receiver, okay, maybe add to the group a little bit. But nothing like where you're just like, oh wow, they gotta do it. It is it does seem just defense and kind of adding a little icing to the cake that way. And to me, the two positions are edge and safety, like we've been talking about. As to edge rusher, Judon was the one hundred and forty sixth overall pick out of Grand Valley State round five in twenty sixteen. Now it takes time to develop. If you're looking for impact, plug and play right away, the later you draft a guy, the less likely he's gonna prove himself to be ready to go. But that's not a hard and fast rule. The problem with receiver, Chris, when you cannot attract free agent receivers, yeah. when Juju Smith-Schuster takes less to go play and stay with the Steelers, when other free agent receivers kind of turn up their nose at the idea of playing in an offense that doesn't throw the ball as much, and you haven't proven yet that you're willing to commit to that, and you get Sammy Watkins, who frankly didn't have a whole lot of other viable options, I think to the extent that you can add receivers in the draft, and uh, they've got no choice. Unless they're going to sit out all year and re-enter the draft, they have to go to Baltimore. But uh, I think that's going to be their primary mechanism for getting talent at the position until they can make that offense more attractive to free agents, period. Because at some point, you're going to have your rookies cycle off the roster. When Hollywood Brown, you think he's going to take an extension with the Ravens? You think he's going to push his way to free agency? And go get paid somewhere else where he's going to get used more. I, so you, I think as long as Lamar Jackson's the quarterback and Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator and doesn't open things up from a passing standpoint, they need to draft receivers because that's the only place they're going to get good ones. Yeah, most likely. And it, it, again, not that it's last year's draft, but there should be there's plenty of good receivers in this draft to where it, it, it's not something they'll have to be desperate to do. You know, at the end of first round, but but again, maybe somebody's there that they value, you know, in a way that's that's special. You know, again, I don't know. I, I think about you know wide receivers that could be available maybe around then. You know, there's the Kadarius Tony, the University of Florida. He's a weapon. He's like a a speed reverse. 
you know, you can go routes, big play type of guy. He could be that kind of guy that would fit that offense a little bit, bit Mike. But uh, I, I think that the, the necessities we talked about are greater for this football team, which is on that defensive side of the ball. And then, yeah, second or third round, maybe receiver. But I think your, your point's real. There's no doubt. They certainly look like a team that's going to have to replenish through the draft, you know, every few years at the wide receiver position, at least in the Lamar Jackson era. The Cincinnati Bengals have a new ring of honor. They've never had one before. Anthony Munoz, left tackle, is one of the charter members. Here he is from last week regarding his preference for what the Bengals do with the fifth overall pick in the draft. Anthony, you're going to get, you know, a say in who goes next in the ring of honor. You're going to get some significant votes. But if by chance you were given the power to make a top five pick for the Bengals, would you go with an offensive lineman from the Pac-12? Or would you go with an offensive weapon? Just curious. Well, let's say first of all, I got let's say I got unlimited of seven guys that I could vote for the, this next year for the Ring of Honor. I think I'd go Lapham, Montoya, Reimers, Kazerski, Walter, Moonpie. No, okay, I can't go all linemen. But uh, if they said Anthony, we're going to allow you to make this first pick, the number five pick, I would be pretty excited. Even though he's a nemesis, he's been a nemesis to my Trojans. I would have to go with the guy up from Eugene, Oregon, with uh, Panay. You know, I've watched them several times. Uh, I think having signed Riley Reef, you got Jonah, you got Hopkins coming back, you got Sifu. I mean, and now you add Panay to the mix. I think uh, I think if my name was Joe Burrow, I'd be pretty happy. You know, the Bengals essentially have, for their purposes, if it goes quarterback, 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 and we don't know about the fourth pick yet, they could have, as a practical matter, the first overall pick because they're not yeah, a quarterback. I know. Anyway, that's where they're tough here. So, so uh, you know, whether they go left tackle with Penny Sewell, whether they go weapon with Jamar Chase or a guy like Kyle Pitts, the tight end that you can move all over the place. I, this is a tough call for the Bengals, but... It's not a tough call that at some point in this draft, you've got to get offensive linemen to help keep Joe Burrow mobile, upright, and on the field. No, that's right. And, like, I think the big question is, is do, do you do that at pick number five? Do you want to do that and go offensive linemen there? To me, the question with the Bengals, or at least, uh, you know, that's worth talking about here and anything like that is, hey, we know they got Jonah Williams, right? He, he, they drafted him in the in the top 10 a few years ago out of Alabama. He's going to be their left tackle. They did get Riley Reef in free agency. You know, an, another tackle who's who's solid, you know, middle of the road. So, like, to me, Mike, I'm trying to figure out with them, are they going to go, wait, these are our two tackles, and now we'll wait to the second round to maybe get a guard or something like that? And then they do like what you're talking about. Now go Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts or Devontae Smith, one of those three guys. I mean, to me, that's the interesting thing about the Bengals and their situation at five. Like, where do you lean when I kind of bring up those scenarios? Well, I, I, I want to protect the quarterback. Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. the most important. And it's not it's not as sexy on draft night. And the fans tend tend to gravitate toward the the the, the yeah, name that's right. that they're going to want to buy the jersey and they're going to want on their fantasy football teams and those are the more exciting players. But uh, it's hard to get too excited about a football team that can't keep its quarterback healthy. So no. I, I think if you get a great left tackle, a guy who's generational, a guy who's going to be entering potentially the Ring of Honor twenty twenty five years from now, that's what you need to do if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Plus the possibility of trading down and addressing other needs as well with extra lottery tickets. That's something they can't just write off, Chris. That has to be part of your analysis because they have a lot of needs. This isn't just a a tweak here or a tweak there. They got the number five overall pick for a reason. Now, one of the reasons is Joe Burrow got injured, but it's not like they were great before Burrow no, was lost for the year. Better, they got right. a lot of areas right. where they need to improve. Yeah, a, a lot of areas. But I, I think like my my logic aligns with yours more or less when it comes down to it. First off, I think Sewell is a pretty special prospect. I really do. You know, again, it's 6'5 and change or 6'6 six, six and whatever he is, 326 pounds. He's got special movement ability. You know, and maybe for the sake of this year, you put him at guard. I don't, you could put him at guard. He could do that. Riley Reef at tackle, Jonah Williams at tackle, and then Sewell ends up going to tackle the next year or something like that. But, but I think uh, I'm with you, too, in the fact that 
you know, again, if you want to add a receiver or even another tight end, there's going to be some available there at the top of the second. But you're not guaranteed of a really top-end tackle being there at the top of the second. And that, to me, I think is where I go like with your logic there, where I'd probably lean uh, offensive lineman tackle for sure, Penny Sewell out of Oregon if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals. It would be unfortunate and, yeah. if the Bengals just write off a receiver at five because John Ross was such a disaster for them four years ago. I, I hope they don't do that. I mean, I hope they just make their evaluation from the standpoint of what 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 do we really need here, and they they would benefit from having a game breaking receiver. Uh, but they also would benefit from having, you know, somebody to give Joe Burrow enough time to get the football to a game breaking receiver. Yeah. But th there's a lot. Well, Look, when you get that franchise quarterback, which they have, that's great. That's the hard part. But the work is far from over. Because then the obligation is to put the team around him, especially, Chris, when you're in that window before you have to pay the quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agreed. It's, it's, uh, there, we, there's a, the receiver's deep. They can get one in the second or third round if they need it. You know, franchise left tackles, they're not going to be there at the top of the second round. I, I find it highly unlikely that way. And, you know, your point about Joe Burrow, of course, is real. Yeah, you got to protect him. He's the franchise, he's the guy. So let's protect him. And then added to that, too, you know, they got a guy in Joe Mixon who I look at as one of the top running backs in football as well. It'd be nice if they could open up a hole from him every now and then to where he doesn't have to, you know, always do everything by himself in the run game. Uh, that's where I think it makes sense. And then, you know, the last aspect of that or last piece of the puzzle, I think that makes sense, you know, to why they take offensive linemen is the division they're in. You know, they're in a division with a lot of big, bad, mean dudes on the defensive line. You know, the Steelers, the Ravens, and then, of course, the Browns, That's there's no slouches. So if you want to beat those teams, you got to be able to block those football teams too, and I think that's where it makes sense for them to be going O-line and tackle with that, that fifth pick. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll get caught up on Chris's takes on some of the things that happened while he was in a hammock drinking pina coladas and smoking uh, cigarettes or PFT Live <laughs> right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three-day weekend over. Chris has to make the transition Damn. back to work. So what Damn. did we talk about while Chris was in his hammock with uh, legs that were tan and face that was not? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. One of the things that popped up last week, Jerry Jones infatuated reportedly with Kyle Pitts. I, my, my theory is that we know about that because there are members of the Cowboys organization that don't want Kyle Pitts, so they're trying to make sure he's gone before the Cowboys would take him instead of a defensive player where they have a much greater area of need, Chris. I know Kyle Pitts is a hell of a prospect, but when you've got Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and you've got all the money paid to Dak Prescott, the, the idea of taking Pitts if he falls to you at 10, which he likely won't, or trading up, giving up assets to go get Kyle Pitts, that seems like a reach, but it definitely seems like something that Jerry Jones would be capable of doing. Yeah, I mean... Or at well, least wanting to do. Well, I mean, the Dallas is one of those teams, of course, that's always, 
you know, sitting there and, and a little bit like the Raiders, bigger, faster, stronger. They're all about that, you know, that guy. Kyle Pitts is special. There, there's no doubt about that. But uh, to me, like, doesn't make sense. Does, does not make sense for their football team to do that. You know, th- their offense is in a good spot. They are. And they're not like, you know, totally void at the, the tight end position. No, I know they don't have Kyle Pitts, but like Dalton Schultz is a good football player. You know, that to me, the, the biggest need with their football team, like you said, it's defense, defense, defense. It's across the board. They got they got issues there. And if they're obsessed with like high end talent and things like that, like to me, what I look there with Dallas, right? And you go, okay, pass rusher, they could do that. You know, would that would they do that? I don't know. The other one I look at, like corner, that certainly seems like it could be something there. Would they take a chance on the Caleb Farley with the back surgery type thing? He's that type of talent. Would they do it? Or are they going to go Patrick Sertain and go the safer route, the guy who's you know Alabama schooled and all that? They got options, but I don't think they need to go to the offensive side of the ball. That's for sure. Oh, and how's Jerry going to feel about players who opted out? It's it's a, a theme that that definitely is going to affect some owners and how they view players, not just from the standpoint of. Do, do you love football, but just are you pushing back against the status quo? Can you be trusted to come in and be that robot that so many teams are looking for? And again, I don't think that's the way it should be, but we have to acknowledge the reality that some teams may look at it that way. It yeah. seems like every seven or eight years, Jerry has one of these. It's almost like some sort of a locust, right? It was Darren McFadden in 2008. Remember how smitten he was with getting Derek McFadden? So smitten with McFadden that he drafted Felix Jones from Arkansas when he finally had a chance to get on the yeah, board in round right. one that year. It was the first guy from Arkansas Jones had ever drafted in 20 years of owning the team. And then it was Johnny Manziel in 2014, and they basically had to take the keys to the car away from Papa and not let him go get Johnny Manziel. And that was smart. That was smart then, right? So uh, – This one seems like a much better prospect than Johnny Manziel. The question is, can you justify that when your defense has so many areas of need and your defense has been so abysmal, especially last year, Chris? Yeah, that to me, I don't think you can justify it. I don't. I just think there's too many great needs there. And you you got a quarterback who's pretty damn good and special, you know, coming back with, like you already mentioned, those receivers – you know, two good running backs, an offensive line that's real good. That, to me, just does, does not make sense. Now, I mean, there, there's a scenario. You could sit there and look at it and go, the Bengals, you know, if they if they don't take a Kyle Pitts, right, after that, you start to look at it and go, he could be on the board there at number 10, Pitts, for the Cowboys. And what are they going to do then? That's going to be the big question. You know, I don't know. They've certainly been gutsy in the draft before. I mean, you mentioned a few things. We could talk about Jalen Smith at the top of the second. That was a really risky decision by them with that knee injury he had. Randy Gregory, you know, they've stood, you know, strong with him. He had issues coming out in the draft that everybody knew about. So they're not afraid to take that risky pick. Certainly not. But uh, I, I just, I, I, I think their, their defense was such crap. They need help on that side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their offense is in really, really good shape. And, I, hey, maybe they would dangle an Amari Cooper to move up a few spots, but uh, he, not, nobody's taking Amari Cooper and paying him $20 million, especially not with the cap down. So, if, if you uh, look, I was going to say this, Mike. If you look at, like, the Bengals and they went Penny Sewell, right? And then you got the Dolphins who go Jamar Chase. And let's just say the Lions do go quarterback. I, I don't think they will but we know that's a possibility they go Justin Fields and then you know maybe the Carolina Panthers and the Broncos go back to offensive line or some some other need they have of their football team the Cowboys could easily be sitting there at 10 with Pitts sitting there in their lap and then what do they do there will Jerry Jones take the cheese I hope not for his sake that he wouldn't just for the betterment of this football team yeah, it's it's two sides of the ball, and yeah. the defense was just abysmal last year, and I know they think it's going to instantly be better with Dan Quinn, but this is the same group that brought us Mike Nolan last year and sold him as the answer, and we saw how badly that failed. One thing that would not fail for the NFL would be a return of the ability of players to wear multiple helmets, which would allow for better 
throwback and alternate uniforms. Today's draft, inspired by the possibility still that the one-helmet rule will go away this offseason, allowing these throwbacks and alternate uniforms to expand. We'll draft the ones we'd like to see most when PFT Live continues. You know, with all the talk about single-digit numbers possibly being available for running backs, receivers, tight ends, defensive backs, linebackers, single digits are cool and all, but can we bring the throwback jerseys and helmets back? Somebody put in a request for that. Well, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got a problem with the single digits? Yeah. A guy who wore number two? Yeah. Well, I'm a quarterback. I'm allowed to wear number two. Okay? Yeah, I got a problem with single digits. I do. You know, the NFL's been working fine with the number system. I don't need to find, like, when I'm looking for guys now to have a number five defensive tackle and all that type of stuff. It's not going to be a defensive tackle. Why? Linebackers, defensive backs, receivers, running backs, tight ends. That's it. It'll be just them. Still, I don't like it. Just keep it the way it is. It's been it's been plenty good, and we got enough guys in, like, you know, weird numbers as it is. We got a lot of wide receivers and teen numbers and things like that. It do, We don't need to have single digits. We don't need it. All right. All right, old timer. All right, old timer. Uh, so, the you like the helmets though? The, the helmets. The, the NFL. Down. Yes. The, well, nobody really still understands the idea why one helmet and one helmet only is conducive to health and safety. But that was the NFL's rule that was put in place three, four years after the epiphany that caused the NFL to take head injury seriously. I mean college they got a different helmet every Hilarious. week as long as it's as long as it's the right style and make and it's survived all the vigorous safety testing why why can't you have a different one of the exact same helmet if they believe in the models of helmet that they believe are so safe it really is kind of a weird rule it may go away this year nfl told me over the weekend it still hasn't been decided yet as of last year the nfl's position was it could go away as of this year so if it does Throwback helmets that need to return. Trivia question for Chris. The original Buccaneers creamsicle uniforms were orange and white. There was a third proposed color that was dropped in favor of red trim. How well do you know the team that drafted you, Chris? What was the original third color for the Buccaneers creamsicle uniforms with the base of orange and white? Wow. I really don't know this, but... Since they're close to the University of Florida, I'm going to go with like a blue. Close. Good idea. Yeah. Green. Oh, green. green. Huh. That, I never that knew that. That was deemed to be too close to the greenish hue of the Dolphins uniform. The whole idea uh, was right, right. the Florida pastel, sure. right? Right. And it, it, it's it's the nostalgia for the uniforms that the team wore in its horrendous two decades of existence. It's amazing to me because they were never any good in those uniforms, but people love those uniforms now. Yeah, I, I mean, they do. I don't think I want to see them all the time. It is one of those things where it's just good every now and then. I think if you had to see it like 17 weeks a year, you'd be like, you know what? I've had enough of those things. They're ugly. But like once a year, twice a year, I'm cool with that, and that's the way it should be. And, like, listen, the NFL with this rule and the helmet thing, like, get the hell out of here with this crap. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We, we, we can find a way to get an extra playoff game. We can add another week to the regular season. But, oh, that extra helmet, we can't quite figure out how to do that one. Oh, okay. That one we can't figure out for player safety. But adding that extra playoff game and that regular, regular season game, the hell with that part. Bash that same helmet one more time. Makes no sense. Come on, NFL. Like, get with the times. Let's go. If college can do I, it, you can I, do it. Let's go. Let, let me say Let me say this, yeah. though, before we get into the picks. I hope that if they change the rule, it stops it, too, because there will be an NFL equivalent of Oregon that has a different helmet every damn week once Nike starts whispering in their ear, just do it, just do it, just do it. Hey, let's have a different helmet every week. You're going to be the most awesome team in the, the NFL. NFL's have not going to do that, every week. They're not well, going to do I that. hope not. Yeah. I hope not. I, that's the last thing. I When you turn on a game and you don't know who your team is because they've never worn that uniform before and it will never annoying. wear it again. Right. That's what I and they're want. in single right. digits. That's a disaster. Don't I do don't it. care about the single digits. <laughs> All right, uh, for me, I, I we it's 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 Bucko Bruce. It is. It's I, I love seeing those, and I wouldn't want to see them all the time. 
but it's such a great contrast to what the Buccaneers currently wear. I think that's what makes it even better. It is so dramatically different than the pewter helmets and the flags and the red and the dark colors that once a year, twice a year, you trot out the pastels, the orange and the yellow and the white and the and the pirate on the side and he's got a sword in his mouth and he's winking at you, to borrow a line from uh, former PFT afternoon show co-host Eric Casilius. Bucko Bruce, put him back on the helmet a couple of times a year. Yeah, I, I hear that. I think that that would definitely have been in the running for my top pick, too. I mean, it's, it's a pretty unique, crazy helmet altogether. So I, I get that. You know, my first one, Mike, I, I, I got to go back to I'm going to go to New York and the Giants because I'm yeah, I'm biased that way. I've said this many times. I like the old Giants helmet I like it better than the one they got right now but certainly if I could see a throwback I know they put that sticker on there you know once a year and do that but it's that color to me that's special right there that real navy blue whatever I don't even know if that's the official color uh but that is what I love and that to me would be if you could second helmet man the Giants and that right there uh those are the good old days I I want to see that one once again that's really a stretch. We've got blue that's a little too shiny. I want blue that's a little more dull. You could have saved that one for round two or yeah, three. I want to take it now. Uh, I don't care. I'm taking it right now. Right. And it's a definite different blue. One's like, this is a dark blue. The other blue is like a real true blue. It's a different, it is a different hue altogether. So go shove it. Go ahead. Pick your next oh, one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Pat Patriot, speaking of contrast, yep. from the alternate uniform to the current uniform, I I, I don't know why they got away from I, I like There was nothing wrong with the original Patriot uniform. And I remember when they got the new helmet with the flying Elvis slash Jay Leno on the side, the uniforms under them were just hideous. So... I, I'd be fine with this being the Patriots. How, uh, they are great units. Permanent uniform. Yeah. And and yes, maximum number of alternate jerseys and helmets per year, whatever it is, three right now, I believe. Maybe it'll go to four now that there's 17 games. But but bring those back. Those are great. Yeah, I, they are. I, I like that uniform altogether. I mean, the, I think the biggest reason they changed is just because it was, you know, associated with losing more than anything, don't you? I mean, it just they couldn't get over the hump in those uniforms. So, they went to a Super Bowl in them. They did. I know. They went to one. They got their butts whooped, 46 to 10. I could tell you that much. Uh, but, yeah, I do like those. Th that's on my list. I think my next one will be um, the Dallas Cowboys with that white helmet they like to wear. Remember back, like, early in the 2000s, they used to wear it on Thanksgiving. The white helmet with just the navy blue star, and I think there was one blue stripe that went right down the middle. I think that's a classic. You know, going back to their early days there, I just think it's got such a clean look. And then they wear that, you know, white white jersey with the blue patches on the shoulders and everything that goes with it. Uh, to me, that's one of my favorite uniforms I've seen in, in football over the last 20 years. Yeah, that was their original helmet, the white helmet with the blue star. I, I'm getting my first three picks in this draft. I love this because the Eagles' Kelly Green helmet with the the larger full wings, the the silver the, wings, uh, Vince Papali, the silver rings. Yeah. What did I say? Orange? No, yeah, did I say orange? Good. No, I don't think. You say did. white silver wings. All right, but anyway, I'm thinking of the the uh, Invincible movie. Yeah. Um, the Vince Papali movie. The Ron Jaworski helmet. Definitely. I, I love those. I don't know about. I don't know that I would go with the rest. I don't like that. I don't like the jersey or the pants, but the helmet. Make the helmet the base of the rest of the uniform. Update the rest of it. Start with that helmet, though. That helmet's so much better than the one that they have. Now. Uh, agreed. I I love that helmet. It's 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 really one of my favorites. And yeah, I mean, it to, to me really speaks Eagles because I think of Jaworski and Reggie White and those football teams. Randall Cunningham. That's what they were wearing. I actually like that whole uni there. But man, those those helmets. You're right. Are special. That should have been my last pick. I, was, I don't know why I was saving that for the third round, and I shouldn't have. That was stupid of me. Um, so what did you say for the third round? Uh, it, to me, it, it's, I'm, I'm like torn between the Broncos you know, and their orange crush with that blue or the Falcons going to their red helmets. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with the, the, the Broncos. The Broncos helmet, you know, the John Elway Broncos helmet. That's how I always think about them right there. There they are. Bam. I mean, that, that to me – just when I think of the Broncos, I still think 
of that look right there. And I think that's John Elway at the Rose Bowl and Super Bowl. Oh, no, that's not. That's not Super Bowl 21. That's some other Super Bowl. But either way, that's, uh, that, that, that's a cool-looking helmet. I really do like that. I'd like to see them break that out once a year. Is that young Gary Kubiak it next is. to Dan Reeves? Kubiak Reach? in the background. Wow. No doubt about it. I know. I can't tell who that is with the sunglasses, though. That's driving me crazy. I don't know that. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, other choices I had, the Oilers, uh, Derek yeah. Henry, yeah. would like to have the right. I, Now, with the Oilers helmet, is it the white or is it that blue? Ooh, Which I know. one would you prefer? I know. I think I'd like the white. I do think the white. The blue is cool. There is there is something to that, but I think the white is is one that kind of pops more to me. I All thought right, about the Red Bills one too. The Red Bills one from their Super Bowl run. I didn't Bowl like run. too much. Too much. The the bill it was too big. It just was it was too busy. Yeah. I, I, I like the white base helmet. They can go back to the and they still do that from time to time. The the buffalo that's just standing still back in the old days before they felt compelled to make the buffalo run. Like He's that's gonna running. make the players seem faster because the bill <laughs> on the side of the helmet is actually running. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. Ninety-five hundred votes so far. Seventy-three percent Packers fans, or if you are a Packers fan, would rather take one more year and only one year with Rodgers in a Super Bowl win over four years and chances of Super Bowl win. It's amazing how many people either accidentally or deliberately misunderstand the question. They think you're not going to win a Super Bowl in those other four years. No, you, no, still you got, got a chance, chance of win. You could you could win four. Maybe maybe the confusion, real or feigned, is recognition that they ain't going to win any. Uh, so let's just take the one and say <laughs> via con Dios to Aaron Rodgers, go uh, go to Jeopardy and we'll take the one because we're not going to get one if we get four more years. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe. You're, you're right. And I, not because of him. Not because right. of him. Yeah. Because of the talent around him. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I got you. And, and, I mean, you're right. But, yeah, well, it, it's – hey – I think you take it. You take that because you're not assured. You don't know. So yeah, we'll take that one and and go and go with that. Certainly, uh, it's going to be interesting though. I mean, man, we're going into a year here and we don't know what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, it's all up for grabs as far as like this season and and talking about where they end up after this year. And maybe Russell Wilson's gone. You know, this draft. And it's actually a better story for us. If Wilson stays put this year, yeah, because then that becomes between Wilson and Rodgers the top stories for next offseason. That's it for today. Enjoy your Monday. We'll see you tomorrow morning. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.